we got here um <laughs> anyway so there's no broadband at the office so here i am at home um in our um snug as we call it at home and yeah hopefully you can see me uh see me okay um hope there's another light etc because i haven't had a chance to <laughs> get it all kind of you know sorted had to sort out very very quickly um so hopefully it's all coming across fine fabulous so yeah it's great great to see you all and um you know we'll be looking at different things the last few weeks we'll be looking at looking at faith and then of course last week we started on the fruit of the spirit and i want to look at some different um aspects of that um if you're watching this live you can get say hi in the chat as well um that'd be great wendy be putting up the scriptures and uh different things that'd be that'd be awesome so yeah, let's get straight into it because there's lots to lots to talk about um we're going to pray pray before we start thank you lord lord you're so good you're so good lord lord we just just commit this this time to you lord god and i just pray lord you just speak into our hearts lord as we continue to look at the fruit of the spirit and look at love specifically tonight Lord God, that you will just reveal, Lord, more of how your love works, how it operates, Lord, how it can how it can flow through us, Lord God. We want to be, Lord, people of love, Lord. We, Lord, we're commanded, Lord, to love others, Lord God, to, to love other people that we know, to love our families, to love our spouses, Lord, to love those in our worlds and to those love those out in the world as well, Lord God. And we just want to operate, Lord, in, in your love, Lord, to love people correctly, Lord, as, as we should. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, just speak to us tonight. May we just have open hearts. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So, yeah, here we go. So, through the Spirit. We looked at through the Spirit last week and kind of did a bit of an um, intro, um, just looking at what it actually means. What does it even mean that the Holy Spirit lives inside us? Which is the, which is the key to understanding the fruit of the Spirit. We looked at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. And it's where Paul says this to the church in Corinth. Don't you realize that you, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a price. So we start with that, that aspect that our body is a temple um, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. There's loads of different tangents, great tangents. You could go off on that. Um, you know, the fact that we, we've been made completely holy and completely righteous, because if if we hadn't been made completely holy and completely righteous, there's no way the Holy Spirit could dwell within us. So that's, that's great use in itself. I mean, we've made completely holy, completely righteous. We cannot be more holy or more righteous than we are because the Holy Spirit would, would only live in a clean vessel. Amen. So our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit literally dwells uh, dwells within us where we go. The Holy Spirit goes. You know, we are not normal people. <laughs> what I mean by that is we, I'm just losing the mouse there, because how I'm accessing my notes. The mouse is falling off the chair. Awesome. That <laughs> um, we are not normal. Um, we are spiritual. We are spiritual people. Um, you know, we, we've been awakened alive uh, spiritually. Spiritually, yeah. Um, you know, we're body, soul and spirit. And we understand that as Christians, a lot of people out in the world, they understand that, of course, they understand we have a body. And when and most people in the world understand we have a soul, our mind, will, and our emotions. But when it comes to spirit, kind of things of the spirit, or just just the spirituality in itself, then people are, um, you know, kind of clueless. Really, I just just aren't aware um, of what's of kind of what's going on. Um, you know, we've had our spiritual eyes open, and praise God for that. And yeah, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So we're but we're not normal because of that. We are spiritual people. Amen. And God's desire. 
um, for us is to be more like him. We looked at that last week. That, that's God's ultimate desire and all the things he wants to do in our lives. And there's loads of stuff he wants us to do for him, of course. But his ultimate desire is to make us more like him, to become more and more Christ-like. And that happens by his nature becoming our nature, by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And as we kind of submit to his nature, his nature becomes our nature and changes us and makes, makes us more like him. God's desire is, for us, is always for us to be fruitful. God always wants us to bear fruit for him. What that means, he wants us to change. He wants us to grow, grow in him. Um, you know, we, we know about John 15 and where, where Jesus talks about him being the vine and we are the branches. You know, without him, we can do, we can, we can do nothing. We can do nothing good. Um, all, all the fruitfulness that God desires to have for us, the key to that is bunch of the vine to, and to, you know, connected with the vine keep connected with jesus amen and his power and, and what he wants to change in us you know will flow through him into our lives amen so so god wants to change us his desire is always for us to be fruitful and that's obviously what the fruit of the spirit is about for us to be changing and growing in him so and we looked at the the kind of overall scripture that galatians 5 22 to 23 but the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. And now we talked about, this is all just background, um, we talked about that you can't pick and choose. These are not nine different fruit and it's really important to understand that as to, to, to grow in your life. A good way of looking at fruit there, one fruit that God, you know, I, you know, I'll try and be kind. You know, with, with 1 Corinthians 13, where it says that you know, the greatest of these is love, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And certainly, love binds the other eight uh, very much, very much together. So, I think it's a very good argument for saying that. But I don't think, in a general sense, um, amongst the other eight, that they're in order of importance. But I think love is obviously a great place to start. So, so let's start, let's start looking at love. Now, often is in, in, in the common spoken, it must be an interesting. Uh, interesting must be making a fortune i don't know it was a common written language at the time so the new testament was written in greek and 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 in greek there are different words for love and the thing is in in, in the english language we use the word love and it can mean it can mean lots of different things kind of for example i could just use my myself as an example i could say well i, I love football or i love pizza because they're things i really, really like uh, i could say i love my kids um i could say i love wendy um, a wife and I could say I love God now obviously all of those things are very very hopeful it would be a bit of a worry if they weren't all different they all mean very very different things you know my, my, my Wendy's not gonna be happy you know if when I say I love football then I'm equating that with with having the way that I love Wendy of course they're totally totally radically different different things Wendy would please to know that um, they're radically different things and so so love isn't the best word in in well it's not a bad word obviously in itself but it doesn't get the full meaning of what it means because it can mean so many different different things it can just mean love between a husband and wife or love between you know different different things so we're going to look at the kind of what what it's what it is in words for greek used in the new testament some of you may know these um there's storge what a word storge and that's like a devoted or affectionate love and is often used uh, to demonstrate a love between parents parents and children so that's storge so these are all remember these are all translated as love uh, in our english bible so eros 
that's the intimate and romantic love um, between a man and a woman self-explanatory um, filio there's another word that's used for love and that's about the brotherly or, or or sisterly love you know or a sense of comradeship or loyalty um or or deep deep friendship um okay so that's what that's talking about and then there's agape or agape or a grape i don't know people have said different ways um i'm gonna go with agape um and that means selfless love is the one that's the most well known out of the words it means selfless love um, whether family or strangers so it's very filio and agape and agape is the word we're going to really focus focus on uh tonight it's the word that's used when talking about the fruit of the spirit in galatians 5 22 the word the greek word there is agape translated love so that's what we're going to look at um uh, just a just a little background to agape it's also it could be when it was translated to latin it was translated as caritas c-a-r-i-t-a-s which is the root word of our word charity okay and in some older versions like the king james version loves actually agape is translated as charity um c.s lewis the great christian writer referred to agape as, as a gift love or the highest form of christian love okay so this is this is what we're talking about this is what this is the fruit of the spirit remember that god wants to grow in of the Holy Spirit, he, he desires to grow this fruit in us. It's that one aspect of, of the of the different segments that make up the one fruit um, of the Spirit of agape, agape love. God desires to grow this in us. So, just a little bit more background. Um, agape, which is a noun, because the Bible study tonight, so we're going to study the Bible and study some words. Agape, which is the noun, and agapeo, which is the verb form of agape. Okay. According to the Vines, which is a Christian, a Christian, very well-known Christian dictionary, according to Vines, they're used in the New Testament in three different ways, okay? And there's different aspects between each of these ways. So, but firstly, um, agape and agape are used to describe the attitude of God towards his son, the attitude of God, the Father, towards his son, Jesus. Um, this is an example of this is John 17, 26. Which, which where Jesus says, I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so, do so, then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. So it's about the love between the Father and the Son. So this is, this is the first aspect we're looking at. Describe the attitude of God towards his Son. It's also describe the attitude of God towards the human race, which is John, John 3.16 is the best example of that. For God so loved the world. And it also talks about the attitude of, of, of God um, towards uh, towards those who believe in him uh, john 14 21 is a great if you're taking notes or wendy's writing all this down i think frantically um it's another good example of that john 14 21 says those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me and because they love me my father will love them and i will love them and reveal myself to each of them so that's talking about the love of god agape, agape love that he has for us as believers amen so that's just one that's just one aspect it's used to describe the attitude of God towards his son or the human race and to those who are believers. Secondly, it's used to, the agape is used to convey God's will to us as his children um, concerning our attitude towards each other. John 13, 34 is a good example of that. It says, which says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So that's another example of agape. And also the love that we should also have towards all people in, in a, you know, in, in the world. 
Amen. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 is a good example of that. It says, may the love, may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. So it says, may your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. Amen. So it's used to describe the attitude of God towards towards his son, Jesus, towards the human race and to us as believers. It's used to convey God's will to us as his children concerning our attitude towards one another and towards all people. The very nature of who he is. You know, it's God, God is love itself. God is just love kind of personified. Amen. That's, that's, that's who God is. So it expresses this, also expresses the essential nature of who God is. So that's a very quick overview from Vine's Christian dictionary of, of the different ways agape is used um, in the New Testament. Okay, Now we are commanded to live in agape love and this is God producing this, this growing this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Uh, let's just have a look at, look at some examples time going quick as it always does Sunday Night Local. Um, so we're just going to look at some different different aspects. There's a few different ways that God wants to grow this in our life lives luke 10 verse 25 to 28 well-known passage jesus says this well jesus didn't say this but he <laughs> speaks in a minute this is a bit. one day verse 25 one day an expert stood up to test jesus by asking him this question teacher what should i do to inherit eternal life jesus replied what does the law of moses say how do you read it the man answered you must love your god love there it is agape you must love the lord your god with all your heart and your strength and all your mind and will live so the man actually answers answers really uh, in a bit so we're commanded to love pay love and the love that god has for us to grow in us for that to flow love god with all every aspect of who so we love 1 corinthians 13 of every circumstance so there's a description of the love of god uh, and his other people and just about his agape love for us well you know, and he loved you so much that he died on a cross for you. Amen. And we know that as believers, the reality. So we have that same love for those who are in our just to flow through and out to our worlds. Amen. And those around us. So, and but the key to that is his nature of love become our nature as we live subject to the spirit. Just remember what I was talking about last week and mentioned at the intro tonight is the whole key to the fruit of the spirit growing in our lives is to live subject to the Holy Spirit. Basically to understand that the holy spirit is the boss <laughs> and to be okay with that and to and just allow him as the boss you know to do what he wants to do in our lives to work upon what he needs to work on to convict where he needs to convict to grow where he needs to grow um you know what he wants to grow in us and to do what he wants to do and just be submissive to to his will and as we do that his nature will become our nature remember the holy spirit lives within us the nature of god himself and as we live subject to the spirit his nature will become our nature that will continue to grow in our lives amen so what is that the outworking of that actually look like as god grows that aspect of of this of the fruit of the spirit in our lives as he grows agape love in our lives what does it actually look like well jesus made some incredible statements of course he made lots of incredible statements but made lots of incredible statements about about love you know matthew 5 verse 43 to 48 um one of his well-known well-known passages from the sermon from his incredible discourse, which we call the Sermon on the Mount, recorded in in uh, Matthew uh, five, six, and seven, just just an just an incredible, incredible uh, three chapters. Um, but in Matthew five, verse forty-three, Jesus says this: 
you have heard the law that says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. Now, just before I go on, it's important to say that, that this, so when he says you've heard the law that says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy, this is a thing that, that everybody understood. This is what, or what people thought, you know, it was a reality that it was fine to love your neighbour. Um, that, that was the right thing to do. But if you had enemies, then you should absolutely hate them and definitely you shouldn't love them. Um, so this is what Jesus was referring to. You've heard the law that says love your neighbour and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies. And agape is the word you say. I say agape your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends... How are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So when I said about, you know, Jesus refers to this, you've heard the Lord says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. And that was a generally understood way that things worked. And everyone thought was, that was kind of okay. So it needs to be understood that when Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, his words would have been absolutely shocking. People would have been, you know, kind of open mouth, listen to this, what, what, what are you saying, Jesus? When, when, you know, when he starts with love your neighbour and hate your enemy, you can just imagine everyone's like, yeah, kind of nodding, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, yeah, we love love neighbours, hate enemies. And then Jesus goes to say, oh, hang on a minute, but I say love your love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that would have been <laughs> totally shocking and would have totally blown people's minds and listening to it because it's something they literally never, ever heard before. You know, but this is the reality of what agape love, uh, love looks like. You know, we looked earlier about you know, the two great commandments of love the Lord your God with all the heart and mind and soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. And then then the guy who asked the original question, um, you know, or to really come to Jesus, said, teach you what must I do to inherit eternal life. Well, he then, I don't know he's trying to catch out Jesus or just, just literally genuinely, genuinely trying to find out the answer to the question or trying to justify himself. But then he says, but who is my neighbour? Then, of course, then Jesus then goes on straight, straight away to tell the parable of Good Samaritan. Um, you know, and and there's very, very, very good reasons why Jesus um, used the Samaritan in that story. If you know the history um, that was going on at the time, um, there was massive tensions between Israel and Samaria, the kind of the land next door. And Jews and Samaritans did not get on at all in any way, in any way, shape or form. And they really, really, really didn't like each other. So again, so Jesus intentionally used that as he always did with parables. They were just always incredible. <laughs> they, they, brought, they were very simple stories, but had incredible, profound truth, um, you know, in them. And uh, Jesus was just amazing the way he communicated. Um, but it's very clear reasons why he used a good Samaritan, because again, he was totally blowing their, their people's thinking, those that were listening, about the way of what agape love, what the love, what, what God's love looks like, and what our, how that flows through us and, and to others. What that looks like it's totally different to what people would have thought um at the time so jesus was totally challenging people's thinking um they would have all been fine with hating hating samaritans and and you know and really would have challenged their thought processes and, and their lifestyles by hearing something different about hang on a minute we've got to love our enemies this is, this is different you know but that that is what we that is what we're called to do now Jesus was always operating in love, wasn't he? Every single thing that he did, he operated in love. He always had empathy for people. He had compassion. He had compassion for people. Even when he was very direct with like, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the other religious teachers, um, Jesus was very direct and, and often very blunt, but it was all coming from a heart of love. 
because he was just desperate for them to be free of the kind of religious uh, kind of knots they tied the people in as well um you know and, and the hypocrisy and jesus wanted to see them even in that he was just saying it all in love you know even on the cross of course jesus says doesn't he father forgive them referring to the people who are you know putting him on the cross and and you know and you know and have beaten have beaten him and whipped him and and you know and saying horrible things about him and goading him and saying why don't you get down from the cross and laughing at him and all those things that are going on jesus could say father forgive them lost my mouse again father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing i've really lost my mouse now hang on a few seconds There we go. Sorry, I need to, <laughs> to get the next bit of my notes. Um, where we go? Where are we? I'm not loving technology. We're, we're called to love, but I'm not loving technology this evening. God is growing that fruit in me um, with all my issues. I have with broadband, and now the mouse has decided to fall apart. Anyway, praise God. I'm learning a lot. I think God's growing fruit in me tonight. Anyway, <laughs> where did I get to? Yeah, so even on the cross, Jesus could say, Father, forgive them for they don't know, for they don't know what they're doing. That's God's just, uh, Jesus' is just incredible heart of love, of agape love, even when he was being, you know, a part of God's plan, but even when people have been, you know, horrible to him, when abusive towards him, abusive, emotionally abusive, and, and know what they're doing. So the key to operating to, in agape love, and this is why Jesus Is to live according to the spirit. Jesus was completely man. So don't try and do it in your own strength. If you've been trying to do it in your own strength. There's someone in, in your world, maybe you can think of someone right now and you're struggling to love them. You start to see people the way God sees them and to, to love people. Um, about what loving people actually means. There's so much confusion um, in a, in our, since social media has been around. But just to share a thought, a few thoughts about that. When we love people out in our world, it, just because you disagree with the choices that we make, it doesn't mean so you don't love them either. And it's, it's and there's so much confusion in our world about that. A good example of this is would be like a parent, a bit of an extreme example, but it obviously happens with a parent of a drug addict. So they brought their child well, um, and was as a become an adult has made some bad decisions, got out or whatever, um, and has become a drug addict. The parents still love them unconditionally. Well, if they're a good parent, they absolutely unconditionally, and. But the reality is, just because they love un unconditionally, doesn't mean to say that they're okay with the decisions they make. Would they? Uh, would they be of the view that they wish that their their child had made a different different decisions and made different life choices? Absolutely. But does that mean that they don't love them? Well, no, it doesn't mean that at all. So there's a lot of confusion in our world about this. Um, you know, because God loves un everyone unconditionally, but it doesn't mean He loves what everybody in our world is doing. And there's there's a lot of confusion about that because we're like, oh yeah. Love, I can just do whatever I like. Well, it's a misunderstanding and a, a twist, not necessarily intentionally, because some people are just ignorant in a sense in our world, or they just don't know. But it, there's just some confusion about this. But God loves everyone unconditionally. It doesn't mean he loves what everybody's doing. In fact, it breaks it breaks God's heart when people harm themselves and others through their choices, when people live certain lifestyles and themselves by the lifestyle they live or they're harming others you know, through their own choices. It makes... Yeah, it breaks his heart, man. And just to just kind of put that on the flip side, say a little bit more about this. A lot is also said about hate these days. A lot of confusion about the word hate um, and what what it actually means. 
that gets thrown at people these days. So, so just say about the way someone is living their lives and don't agree with choices or they don't, they're not what God was, would, they're not life choices. There's a lot of confusion about that. It's often twisted by the world, and this often is intentionally twisted, I think. And this kind of love and hate it all gets it all gets kind of confused in the mix. So the correct love in the way that God does. So we love people unconditionally. Does that mean we agree with their life choices or their necessary? Because God isn't necessarily agreeing with their life choices or their lifestyles either, but it's love towards them. So I hope this. Jesus got a lot of criticism and Jesus was heavily criticised by the religious leaders at the time because of those people who he hung around with. But of course, and we just go back to what we've just been talking about, Jesus was not in any way condoning their life, lifestyles, but what he was doing, he was loving them into the kingdom. Now Zacchaeus is a great example of that. I'm sure you all know that, or many of you know the story of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He would have been hated as a tax collector um, because they were corrupt. Um, they worked for the Roman Empire, so they're seen as traitors, and yeah, so on lots of different levels, people just didn't like them. Um, but Jesus accepted him for who he was. He goes around to this house, and he, you know, the story of Zacchaeus goes up a tree because he's a short man. I can relate to that. <laughs> he's a short tree, um, so you can see, see in who he was. He didn't didn't judge him. He he loved him unconditionally. He did that Zacchaeus was convicted and gets transformed by God and and off his own. Um, I'd say off his own back, it was the Holy Spirit too. That's what I mean. As he was saved, amen. So that them and love them and love them. Example that is, is to how to. How... So yeah, thank you for listening and love. It's his, it's his, it's a, it's a, remember it's a selfless love. That's how the Christian dictionary defines it. It's a love that extends to all people. That's the love that God has for us. And that is the love that, that God wants to grow in us. That's the aspect of the fruit that God wants to grow. We're commanded to love God. He wants us to He wants us to love people, and He wants us to love people in the same way that He loves people, and to love people um, into the kingdom. Amen. And you know, but the key to that is to not just to try harder. Don't, don't, in fact, don't try at all. <laughs> just be submissive to the Holy Spirit that lives within you and His nature. We'll just continue to to grow into your nature. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. What a great God we have. Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your agape love. Lord, that your love, Lord, was completely selfless. Lord, when your love that took you to the cross, Lord, was completely selfless. Lord, you weren't thinking about yourself and, and what you were going to go through and what that meant for you and, and all that would mean physically, emotionally, and in every, every sense, Lord God. All you were thinking about is, Lord, the souls that it was going to win. Lord, the other side. All you were thinking about is, Lord, you are completely selfless. We, Lord, we are recipients of unconditional knowledge. Then everyone's got doubts about, Lord, just give them, Lord, the right thing. That I just know that in such a, and so love people the way, Lord, that they're of our lives. But we also want us just to have such a, such a heart for people. In strength, Lord, it just is your nature. Lord, becomes our the mouse flying again. <laughs> awesome. Um, doesn't balance on the side of this chair. But anyway, praise God. So thank you for bearing with us tonight. Um, so, yeah, I thought we didn't start to half eight, started a half an hour late. So thank you for bearing with us. And well done if you were able to still watch live. And yeah, and um, yeah, if you're watching this later, it's great that you've been able to catch up with us as well. And just a couple of things to say about um, some things church-wise. Um, yeah, hopefully you've all got seen Pastor Steve Carey's uh, video. Um, I texted out the link last week, uh, Friday I think it was. Um, so hopefully you've got a chance to see that. It's literally one minute. So I'd encourage you to see that if you haven't already. 
Um, just mentioned as well some different things we're looking at physically, uh, physical meeting wise. And we're still for Waterside, still very much looking at um, doing a and uh, physical prayer meetings as well. Um, I know I said there's dates for that. It's been a lot to do sort of do behind the scenes with the venue that we want to hire. Um, it's taken a while to get there. This week, myself and Wendy continue to pray.